Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The opinion line on Corks ninety-six FM. The housing crisis didn't just happen; it was caused. It doesn't just continue; it's caused to continue. And the idea that it's impossible to solve is a myth because we had crises before and we solved them before. Those are the general premises behind a book by Professor Rory Hearn. Um, it's called Gaffs and he's analysed and on a real, to use that awful expression, deep dive into the history for and the reasons behind and the persistence of our housing crisis. Rory, good morning to you. Good morning. It didn't just happen, it was caused. Start with that. Yeah, I suppose many people who are, you know, living the housing crisis at the moment are, and people looking at it across the country are just, in some ways, it's gone. It feels like it's going on so long that it, it is almost like, in a way, the health crisis that it's been always with us, but of course it hasn't. Um, you know, Ireland in the 1950s and 60s had, and 70s, you know, didn't have a housing crisis. We actually had um, a time when councils, our local councils, Cork City Council, Cork County Council, built tens of thousands of homes um, for people of all different income backgrounds. Um, and the crisis that we're in today comes from a number of reasons that I talk through in the book and explain. And I really tried to get into it because on the one hand, it is complicated. But on the other hand, it, you know, I show that actually it's it's straightforward enough that at the heart of it, ultimately, councils stopped building social housing and, and they were directed to do so by government. It was back to the 1980s, the economic crash then and the economic recession then continued into the 1990s. And I really kind of show during the Celtic Tiger, we really, and, and I talk a lot about this, you know, my, you know, kind of what we call the, the philosophy of home and the meaning of home. And we lost it. it you know, housing became turned into property. And almost so many people thought of themselves as property investors mm. and buying through money at people to buy multiple properties. Um, and the idea was that, yeah, councils wouldn't build anymore. And then we had the um, crash. And really, over the last decade, I showed that policy over the last 10 years really rather than going back and seeing what we did right in terms of through the councils and through the state building homes, um, we just turned to the private market, particularly in Dublin and the wider area, the investor funds. Um, and then in places like Cork and around the country, essentially nothing happened. There was no real effort put into thinking, how can we get back to building um, social and public housing? And it was all about 
reinflating property values for the banks um, and NAMA. And there was very little thought put into what was going to happen when you have a generation growing up in the, or, you know, trying to get homes and living in the private rental sector. Rents continue to rise. They can't afford a deposit. And there's no social housing being built. And so I kind of show that this didn't happen by accident, as you say. It comes about from policy decisions. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, every day we, we have a particularly good Twitter site here in Cork, Rory. Uh, Frank and Jude run it, derelict Cork. And they go around and they take pictures of the buildings that are lying idle and lying derelict. And it's a very sad statistic that... There's enough derelict property out there and property lying idle, unfinished and all of that. There's enough out there to house everybody. So why isn't it being done? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, it's a very good question. I was actually down with uh, Frank and Jude last uh, week in Cork. I was launching my book in Waterstones um, and it was a lovely event and, I, and Frank and Jude brought me around um, and, you know, I saw the scale of dereliction and, you know, I, I live in Dublin and there's dereliction up here. Um, you see it, you go to every small town and village across the country, you see these derelict buildings, um, vacant uh, buildings. And in a way, I, I describe it in the book, it's like we, developers, if we look at it, you know, and I do say developers have kind of dictated policy. And what I mean by that is what a developer wants is they want a big greenfield site, build a huge estate and sell it off for as much as they can. They don't own or aren't interested in the messy, complicated, difficult work of, you know, buildings that are derelict and vacant in our towns and cities. And policy hasn't looked at, okay, what could we do to tackle dereliction and vacancy? And when you, you know, the councils, again, it does come back to this, you know, my kind of my central argument is that councils were told you no longer do housing. That's what they were told for the last 20 years. Resources weren't put in. 
So when we look at, for example, vacant um, vacancy officers, people within the council who are responsible for dealing with vacancy and dereliction, up until this year, there was only a half time and in some cases, nobody employed to go around and try and you know see what's going on in terms of dereliction and vacancy. So in part, literally, our councils and our government haven't prioritised it and we have become almost normalised. So there's a lot that could be done. And, you know, I talk about in this in the book and I, and I do describe the book as well as a book of hope because I don't want people to despair and think that there's nothing can be done. There is a lot that can be done. Yes, that's exactly where it was going to go, Rory. Um, generation locked out is what you refer to. Now, you also, you're very you're, you're quick to point out that there are solutions, but can they be done quickly enough? to save a generation of young people that are couch surfing, homeless, stuck at home in their mother's box room. Can it be done quickly, Rory? I I think it has to be. I think we've no choice but to try and make it happen as quickly as we can. Um, And I do talk about their stories and the human impact of this and the psychological, the mental health impacts. Um, And I, you know, nobody has written about this before in terms of particularly young adults and not so young adults living at home with their parents. The, what I describe as the infantilization of them, you know, this inability to become a full adult, you know, even to have family, to have children, to, to have a home of your own, the impact of the rental insecurity on people, huge mental health and stress that's happening and and impacting on people. But in terms of the solutions and quickly, I have been making, you know, proposals for example, a state construction company that we should have set. I made that proposal five years ago. Mm. If we had done it five years ago, we would be in a very different position now. So it's, you know, we can continue to say, we can continue to say that, oh, you know, these things won't happen quick enough. But you have to start somewhere and you have to start making really, I would argue, really big changes. Like, for example, you know, Barcelona have a use it or lose it policy with property owners who aren't using their properties where they have six months to either use it, rent it, you know, get somebody in there, or the council essentially takes it off them and puts a tenant in there. And these are the sort of things that we could do. You know, the modular homes is another thing that we could be expanding rapidly. And we we could put the funding, you know, we have six billion going into a rainy day fund. I think there's a lot of things like, you know, affordable housing providers, cooperatives, like we used to do in the past. A lot of housing was built to people coming together themselves, being given loans by the state, um, supported and building homes. And we have a huge amount of land, a huge energy in our young people that we should be getting them involved, harnessing that and supporting them to, you know, to be building, to be, you know, involved in designing rather than everything just being left to, oh, well, developers are doing it or not. And um, there is people emigrating. You know, I know young people, they're contacting me all the time saying they're emigrating because they don't see a future in this country. Good jobs, and good salaries, just... but no home. No home. Exactly, yeah. You, you talked about the use it or lose it and something that comes up repeatedly, uh, Rory, when you start talking about things like that, which make absolute sense, is constitutionality. There seems to be an awful lot of nonsense tied up in the Constitution, or so we're told. 
Yeah, there is. And this is something, again, I, I write about in the book, that um, our, our constitution has a right to private property in it, um, a very strong right to private property. Um, and councils and government have have said that, you know, we can't intervene, for example, like use it or lose it, or, you know, remove, for example, landlord's ability to evict a tenant when they're selling the property because of this really strong right to private property. And that is why I make the case, and many others are making the case, that we do need a referendum Mm -hmm. to put a right to a home in the constitution that would balance that right to private property. So councils could say to somebody, you need to use it or you lose it. So we do have two um, strong, in a sense, a private property right in terms of commercial property, in terms of that ownership. And we do need, I would argue, that balancing of a right to a home in the constitution. Um, But it is important that 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 clause on the right to private property does have um, qualifying uh, limits on it in the constitution it says that that right to private property can be limited in terms of to meet the common good and to meet social justice uh, principles so there is leeway there as well but I do think we need a referendum and you, you 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 dig into it fairly deep. You know what you say, and your it wasn't it, it didn't just happen. It was caused. You've heard the expression, Rory, qui bono? Who benefited from all of this? Was this done yeah. to us? And who benefited from doing it to us? That's a really good question, um, and it's a really important one. And I do highlight that there are significant interests who do benefit from the current housing system, from the current housing policy. Um, And they are the very large private developers, the increasingly these global investment funds who have bought up so much property, these large landholders, um, landlords, of course, you know, who have benefited from very significant rising rents, the banks, Um, The banks are very invested in continuously rising property prices and rents, the financial institutions. Um, And so I do show that there is what I call a nexus of interests who don't don't want significantly reduced property prices. Um, And I think that what happened in terms of politics, and, you know, we do need to talk about it, is that, you know, a lot of homeowners... Um, kind of during the Celtic Tiger, and this is where I kind of make my kind of argument about how we think about housing was warped in that time. A lot of individual homeowners got caught up in this idea that my property price needs to keep rising, and that's a really good thing, and I'll benefit from that. Um, and now people are realizing when they've got their adult kids living at home, and they can't afford to have a home, well, what good is this constantly yeah, rising yeah. prices what if do- my kids can't get a, get a home? Yeah. What, what good is this half million euro worth of bricks and mortar around me when my kids are still living in the box room? The book is called Gaffs, Why No One Can Get a House and What We Can Do About It. Rory Hearn, thank you very much for being with me on The Opinion Line. Book available now in Waterstones and all good bookshops. Quartz 96 FM.